Beyond the Pale Ale, with Matthew Stewart. Hey everyone, it's Matt from Simplistic Reviews, back with another edition of Beyond the Pale Ale. We're doing another live edition. Uh, we did a few episodes back with Adam from New Belgium. Now we're doing another one in studio, uh, get together with a, another good friend of mine, uh, somebody I've known for a long time in the market, even be- even before uh, he was with the brewery he's with now. I got Nathan, or Nate, depending how uh, serious you want to go with his name, from Monday Night Brewing out of Atlanta, Atlanta, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia. Sorry, dude, I haven't even started drinking yet. Yeah, you know, Atlanta is a new city in Florida. Exactly, it's it's brand new, man. There might be an Atlanta somewhere in Florida. I'm sure there is. There's probably a Florida somewhere in Georgia, too. Well, you got Paris, Tennessee. We got Paris, Tennessee. I mean, (laughs) Paris is beautiful this time. I mean, I grew up in Glasgow, Kentucky. There you go. So (laughs) you have so many different places that you don't even think about. (laughs) Well, thanks for uh, coming in uh, into the studio, Absolutely. It's got some... Really, uh, really fun stuff in store. We've got a little nice little lineup of beers that we're going to be enjoying. We're going to be enjoying them socially, being socially distant as we can in the <laughs> studio. So, uh, Nate, thanks for coming by and hanging out for a little bit. Too. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, like I said, Nate's from uh, Monday Night Brewing out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, should we crack a beer first before we get started, or do you want to just jump right in, or should uh, I crack hey, it while you talk? I mean, it doesn't matter. Whatever way, whatever way you want to do it, let's just crack something. Okay, let's crack something. I know we're getting a, we're getting antsy right here. So, <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about uh, Monday Night Brewing, Nate, as I open up one of your delicious new uh, things right here. Oh, we ooh, we just got chips and salsa delivered too. Thank you. Things are things are going crazy in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Monday night, I've been with Monday Night Brewing for about two years now. Um, Monday Night Brewing started off uh, with uh, three owners, Joel, Jonathan, and Jeff, who were uh, all living in Atlanta, and um, they were all like white collar corporate dudes. You know, had to wear suit and ties to work, and you know, they all like you know. It started off as really just a, um, you know, a way for them to get together from away, you know, from their corporate jobs and everything on Mondays uh, to have Bible study. Uh, <laughs> it was the only way, uh, the only day during the week that they could get together. And then, you know, as you start doing that, they're like, you know, well, cool, we should, we could probably start doing something, you know, to include in Bible study, like just something to, you know, do while they're talking. So they started homebrewing. And then, you know, as it turns out, they started really getting into home brewing and, you know, as home brewers, you know, tend to do, start making more beer than you can actually drink yourself. So they opened up, you know, it was Jeff's or Jeff or Joel's garage uh, that they would open up and let people just come in, drink their beer, turn into a social hangout where they'd get about 70 or 80 people there just coming in to drink their home brew, talk about beers. And as, you know, most breweries start, it's like, you know, you have a couple of friends like, oh, dude, you know, you should, uh. This is great. You should start a brewery. It's of course. Like, it's, it's, it's a natural progression. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. I guess we will. So Monday night's been around for about eight years. Uh, like I said, Joel, Jonathan, and Jeff, they started the company. Jonathan actually bring, being from Brentwood, so he's kind of a Tennessee home you know, native. Uh, he grew up in this area. Um, and they kind of, it's been around for about eight years. Uh, you know, they had the original, they have the original location in West Midtown, Atlanta, um, that's where all the brewing goes on, you know, that's where the original tap room was and still is. 
And, you know, there's been a lot of changes in, the, in you know, the past couple of years. They did a completely rebranding of the packaging. Uh, there's a great story about that. And then, you know, they took away some of the uh, the original brewers that they, you know, came up with. You know, like a pseudo-pilsner and uh, a Belgian wit with ginger and changed the kind of the format to see, like, Han Brolo and Dr. Robot, mm-hmm. which here in Tennessee, Dr. Robot... I think Slaughter's. It's Slaughter's. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. So... It just kind of started off as a company, you know, what we are kind of like our motto is, you know, we, we try to make beer for good people to get around and have conversations and to create relationships with each other around great beer that we produce. So, you know, the tap room is very much like a fellowship. Um, you know, people come in and then, you know, three years ago, they opened up a 50,000 square foot barrel aging facility uh, in Georgia as well, a little bit southeast Georgia, still in, you know, the inner perimeter uh, but that thing's been great. You know, we've put out some barrel age, you know, award-winning beers, you know, GABF award winners, uh, last will and Testament, uh, two years ago, or about this time last year, uh, won a, uh, bronze and it's an English old ale, non-barrel aged. Um, um, no, it's actually, it's, it is barrel aged, but it's just no adjuncts. And then, you know, we put out some other things too. So you mean, you mean an Imperial stout without adjuncts? I've, I've it was actually, yeah, I've never was, heard of that. It was an old ale. What a, what a phenomenon. You know, putting out an old ale just in, you know, bourbon barrels. <laughs> um, so that's kind of, kind of been the culture of, you know, the brewery. We've been around for a while. They've introduced the hop hut recently, which is just a station at Midtown where they continuously rotate through different experimental IPAs and what's fun with those two locations being Atlanta you know the garage will have 20 taps on that are all barrel aged beer uh we might put two of those at Midtown and vice versa with our hot pot beers yeah so we create a demand for if you really want the full experience you have to go to both locations yeah and there's different branding uh the art's different inside there's different merchandise at both locations so it creates a like, oh, well, here's a little taste. If you want, like, everything, you need to go down to the garage there. to get it. Yeah. And with Georgia being weird uh, with the laws, um, which is, it blows my mind because they're all different <laughs> in every every different state. But in Georgia, where you package your beer is where you're legally allowed to sell it as a brewery. So yeah. we actually produce everything at West Midtown location. And then when we transfer it over to the garage, we package it there so we can sell the sell bottles there. there. And the same thing with the hot pot cans. You can only buy those at Midtown. It's just those old Georgia laws. And then, you know, right the before... old Southern laws, you know. Yeah, old, right before I started, laws. you know, you couldn't actually drink in a tap room. They couldn't sell beer, but you could buy a, a brewery tour and you got samples. Included. Well, I saw, I mean, I remember going to Sweetwater way back in the day. And that was yeah. the same thing. Like, they didn't sell beer there. No. They, they sold you a tour that you happened to get four or five pints of beer or something like exactly. that. Exactly. So. so you get your money's worth, but... You know, and people love that. They still ask about it all the time. We still do throwback Wednesday, uh, Mondays or Wednesdays. I can't remember. I'm not down there at the brewery much, um, but people loved it enough that they we still kind of do that, where you can go and do the tour. Yeah. You still get those. You still the perks because people just enjoy doing that for so long. But, oh, well, we're about to sip on something. I poured this. You, uh, Nate, Nate was given the uh, explanation about everything Monday night while I was cracking open something pretty new and fun uh, from these guys. Um, I guess you lead away. I mean, I don't want to. Spoil, I want you to talk about this. I don't want to talk about it so much. I want to drink it, but yeah. you know. Cheers. Cheers, man. What did I just put in my mouth? I mean, so, that, that's a loaded question on on, on, right. on, 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 a, on a podcast, but <laughs> exactly. Um, around January of last year, you know, 
you know, you see the market, you realize, you know, seltzers are going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the owners came to our brewmaster, Peter Kiley, um, and, you know, he's a master winemaker. He does great things with barrels. He's very particular, very just much of a, you know, perfectionist when it comes to things like that. And, you know, the owners were like, hey, you know, we need to, um, I think we're thinking about making a seltzer. And, of course, hmm. you know, one of his first reactions was like, well, I'm a brewer. I'm not making a seltzer. Get the fuck out of here. And they're like, yeah, they're like, <laughs> well, if you've seen the market. It's like a huge industry. It's like, it is. Well, you need to make one or figure out. He's like, well, if I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out a way to do it the way that I want to do it. So we spent a year developing a way to make a seltzer, uh, a hard seltzer with 100% all natural fruit. The alcohol, we, you know, most seltzers, it's an ethanol base. It's, you know, it's just pure grain alcohol watered down with some sort of, you know, artificial flavoring in it. Mm-hmm. We figured out a way to make a seltzer by brewing it like a beer and using pure Georgia cane sugar to make the alcohol from. And it's just carbonation and water. Because um, with anything Monday night, um, any beer that you have from us, we don't use anything unnatural. It's all real ingredients. Yeah. We've done it from the beginning. You will never find a artificial sweetener or anything like fake chocolate. We we actually absolutely go beyond the edge and make sure that we use 100% natural products. So that was a big thing for us. Yeah. You know, we wanted to put out a seltzer, but we wanted to do it in a way that we felt confident about as a product and also it stuck to the the values of our company. So in a year, we figured out a way to do it and we now have a brand called Narwater. It is a 95 calorie hard seltzer that's 4.7%. It's two grams of sugar, and that's just from the fruit. There's nothing added to it, and it's four carbs, and it is 100% all natural and gluten free, and it's absolutely delicious. It's got a softer, like, it's it's got less of a carb than your most typical uh, hard seltzer. So it's a little bit easier on the stomach, easier to drink, and when you pour it out, it actually has color. So yep. we have mixed twelve packs right now. It's this the, the flavors are blueberry, raspberry, pineapple, grapefruit. We're sipping on the blueberry raspberry yes. in case anybody's interested. Yeah, we we're sipping on the blueberry raspberry right now, and in, if you could see it, it's 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 red. Visualize this. It is red. Yeah, it actually <laughs> it looks like our doctor robot. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's actually natural ingredients. So blueberry, raspberry, pineapple, grapefruit, key lime, cherry, and mango guava. And what was great about it is that, you know, we put out a product into the market that, you know, we really believed in with fun packaging and kind of its own branding. And, um, but we wanted to make it line price with what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you see Narwater, it's going to be the same price as Truly and White Claw, which is a lot of fun. Because, you yeah, know, you with any, you know, it's hard with craft breweries because, you know, it's expensive to make stuff on a, you know, a smaller scale when you're not outsourcing and producing huge batches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we're not going to come into the market and be like, Hey, here's this gnar water. It's delicious, all natural, but it's $24 yeah. a 12 pack. So we kind of kept it like that and kept it very, you know, competitive and it's done extremely well. It's delicious. It's also in 12 ounce cans, the, the fat can. So it actually yeah. fits in the koozie too. Boom. Right there. Exactly. It's not that little thing where it's like, it might fit. It's a big koozie. No. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think this stuff is tons of fun i mean i think i mentioned to you when you first told me this was coming out you know 
maybe mid last year when yeah. it, when it was about to launch and it was like oh nar I was like oh like gnarly you're like no nah, like a narwhal I'm like, like a narwhal yeah I'm like I like I wish it was narwater like nar but I mean <laughs> if you look at the can you see the kind of presentation you get where they're going with the with the narwater thing and cans are bright you no know, uh, the juice is the juice is good too I mean it's uh, it's fun stuff you guys have never. I think skimped on either creative names or being no. creative with your stuff and everything. And, Not uh, at all. You know, this is, and it's, seltzers are still hot. You know, t- don't let anybody tell you different. It's still like growing, growing market is Nate and I, I can attest to you. Nate obviously can attest to you both being in the business. Um, but, you know, things get upended, of course, with, you know, pandemics and this and that and everything. And white cloth shortages. White cloth shortages. I mean, hey, that's helpful. For, that's helpful for some of us. So at the same time, you know, depending on uh, who you're trying to sell into um, and who you work for, and who you work for as well, too. Exactly. So I'm curious to that. It's just clean. Mm-hmm. It's not overly sweetened. You can't taste the alcohol on it at all, and it's it's soft and it's just it's palatable. It's easy to to suck down a couple of days or twelve. Yeah, which I've done. <laughs> um, but it's really it's it's fun to have a, you know, an alternative, you know, because you know when we're in this industry, we drink a lot of beer, and a lot of times I when I get home, I just just don't feel like drinking a beer. Yeah. So it's fun to have these things that mm-hmm. are low in calorie, but still, if you're you know if you're trying to get where you want to get, yeah, they're easy to put down, mm-hmm. and you don't feel like crap the next day you don't feel like shit yeah i mean that's the whole thing with that i mean and i mean in, in my opinion i mean being a seltzer to me this still drink this drinks more almost more like a fruit like a fruit beer in a lot it of does. ways you know it's still really light and crisp and but it doesn't have that beer kind of like heaviness to it or anything like that all that it could be grainy and even some seltzers you know they can be grainy they can do this they can do that i mean so I cracked into the other ones. So, yeah, because I'm I'm ahead of you in, in the drinking. <laughs> That's you're, fine. You're doing all the talking. I'm trying to I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to balance the two out and everything like that. So it's a tough yeah. t- tough thing. But uh, I mean, before um, I mean, I, like, like I alluded to earlier in the intro, you know, we've known each other for probably going on three years in the market. I mean, you used to be with uh, Goodwood uh, back in the day, and I was with Tailgate Brewing here in Nashville even before that. So that's where we kind of paths were crossing both on the supply side and. You know, sure enough, you know, you, you took another spot and, you know, I'm, I'm where I am now and everything and everything kind of works out. Damn, man, you were... I took a little bit too much. You I'm took sorry. a little too much, man. Well, you know what? I've got more on the car. I know. That's fine. We got, the, we got these other beers <laughs> in front of us as well, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I was currently with Goodwood um, and it was um, it was a great job to be uh, to get me into the industry. It's, um, it's one of those things where um, my dad actually homebrewed for 20 years. Uh, and he was a certified beer judge. Um, he, I grew up pitching hops into, you know, he would, you know, brew, you know, all grain in the the uh, the carport pretty yeah. much every weekend. <laughs> so it's something that I grew up with, you know. And, of course, you, you dabble in high school, maybe, you mm-hmm. know, and drinking a little bit. I didn't of really love beer. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was something that he always loved and talked about and was very passionate about. Um so as I got into college, you know, I started drinking beers, and I remember the one that really just kind of, like, knocked my socks off. Yeah. And I was home for Christmas freshman year, and my dad had two cases of, excuse me, Celebration Sierra Nevada. Oh, okay. Celebration from Sierra Nevada, and I think I drank both of them, and he maybe had a six-pack, ah. and he yelled at me. He was like, dude, what are you doing? I was like, this is beer? He's like, yeah. I'm yeah. like, cool. I can get into this. Like, yeah. I, I'm totally down with this. <laughs> 
And, you know, I went to school for uh, MTSU down in Murfreesboro in Tennessee and did music business and everything like that and kind of worked around in it a little bit, uh, did other jobs. And then, but, you know, I kind of realized at one point I was like, I just want to work in the beer industry. I was a huge beer nerd. Um, so I um, just applied for almost everything that I could. Any any sales job that came up, I would send a resume and just get told no. Yeah, I did that for about a year and a half, and then I sent a resume uh, to Goodwood out of Louisville, Kentucky, um, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're interested. We'll talk at some point." I'm like, "Cool." And then like a month later, I finally got a response. They're like, "Hey, can we meet us?" It was they were in for the uh, the Southern Brewers Conference. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, of course I can." And I got <laughs> there and I talked my way into it, and that's really all I needed to do, uh, which is you know. Because I had no experience, I never worked for I never worked for a distributor, and as yeah. you know, in this industry, it's hard to get into it if you Absolutely. haven't worked for a bar, you haven't been a buyer, you haven't worked for a distributor or any sort of like head for profits. Yeah, jumping right into it's, like as a sales gig for suppliers usually not something. I mean, yeah, but I mean to your point, I mean you, you're talking about doing you know went to school for music and everything. I mean, I would before I was in the business, I was working in video, audio and video engineering and everything. I mean. Yeah, I never thought I was going to get into beer myself. I mean, exactly. Kind of, kind of fall into things like that. Um, and it's funny you bring up Sierra Nevada celebration because I mean that's like the thing that brought you into the fold, Sierra Nevada. Which is funny because Sierra Nevada Pale Ale was, it's was a classic. The, that was the shit my dad drank all the time. Yeah, and that was like his craft beer. I mean, mm-hmm. outside of like maybe Red Dog or something like that, he you know, he he drank all that stuff or Newcastle. But it was like boom. Yeah, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale was the the gateway. Right. Thing. And my dad, you know, he grew up in uh, West Dallas outside of Milwaukee his whole life. So uh, he grew up drinking, uh, you know, Miller, New Glarus, mm-hmm. and like um, up in Wisconsin, you can't get it down here, but yeah. Lining Kugel, the red. Yeah. You can't get Liney Red down here. So they would go to the Liney Lodge and drink a lot of that <laughs> in college. And, uh, you know, he actually delivered kegs and worked for Coors for a little bit, too. Uh, he's now in the printing industry, so completely opposite of what what you know his passion was but he kept it as a passion and rolled through it for many years and um you know and it's and it's off a tangent it's funny when i tell him like (laughs) what brewers are doing nowadays i'm like yeah man you know i got this can it's got like you know 15 double chocolate cakes in it and he just looks at me he's like does nobody just fucking make a a a doppelbock anymore yeah can anyone make make an anger like you know celebrator you know anything like that i'm like Nah, we need like, adju- we need adjuncts, son. We need adjuncts, and I'm like, all the adjuncts. He just here. doesn't get it. He's like, he doesn't get that. Like, <laughs> you know, he understands that brewers, you know, are making things and being fun and explorative, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to try and you know stay with the the trends and everything. But he's just it just goes completely over his head. He's like, I just don't get it. It's like this, I remember the days when a beer was a beer. I remember when it was a beer. Why can't we have beer? Beer two, flavored beer anymore? Two row malt, just. Centennial. Yeah, that's just, all I want. I want. Throw some fuggle hops in that too. Yeah. Nobody, nobody throws fuggle hops and stuff anymore. It's like, well, fuggle hops kind of went by the wayside. Yeah, yeah they totally <laughs> did. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I started off with them and, um, you know, I, I I learned a lot from them. It was, you know, I, it was basically one of those things where I was up there for like two weeks and um, I was training in Louisville and they're like, cool. Well, good luck in Nashville, and kind of just released me to the wild yeah. to cover Alabama and Tennessee. <laughs> They're just like figure it out, and I did. And it, it was tough. It's always tough. Oh yeah, just approaching something you've never done before. 
Um, you know, I'm a very personal person, you know, it's easy to make relationships like that, but it's definitely, you know, not having any sort of sense of even coming from a distributor side of how the industry works at all. I just had to figure it out. So, you know, with the two years I was with them, I covered Tennessee, Alabama. I actually launched Minnesota, South Carolina, Georgia with them and, you know, had to give presentations and do Mm -hmm. ABPs, which they kind of, you know, it's kind of like teaching a child to swim. They kind of just threw me in the pool yeah. like, cool, figure it sink out, sink or swim. swim. I mean, it's up to you, man. And I did. And then um, I was with them for a couple of years. And then um, my distributor, you know, reached out and um, I was approached by Monday night and mm-hmm. I, had a, I had many interviews. They were very tedious with their interviews. Yeah. Um, I had about five or six. Um, I, I remember the day that I went down there, I interviewed with all three owners, my sales director, my sales manager, and one of the other sales director in one day. And then they're like, cool, you got the job. I'm like, you guys just sweat. You just sweat me the fuck out yeah. for like four <laughs> hours here. That was the key. It was a good cup, bad cup. Put you under, yeah. Put, put you under the heat lamp. And, and then I got so in the happens. car and I drove back to Chattanooga and I had an event that night that I was an hour late to. <laughs> but I brought a, I brought the, uh, the, uh, brought Phil with Sigler's. I had to call him. I was like, "Look, I just had this interview. I'm sorry, I'm an hour late, but I'm like, I've got a car full of beer." He's like, "That's fine. Yeah, cool. Just bring me some." And I it's, brought him like two six packs, and all, we just sat yeah. there and drank them. It's like as long as you're coming up, you're getting back up here with something I want. It's like, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll deal with that. And I remember one um, was what two years ago. It seems like forever ago when uh, um, Craft Brewers Conference when CBC was here. I mean, that was a crazy time. Uh, that was yeah. my, that was my first week with my distributor. No, my first week on my route with my distributor. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, okay, I guess we're, this is what we're doing here in Nashville." And it was it was huge. And you guys were down here with a Monday night because you weren't even with Monday night at the time yet. I actually I was. Was that, was that, was that your first like maybe? So it's it's a good story. Like you know, um, I actually you know when I was with Goodwood, we actually did a collab with Fat Bottom, mm-hmm. and then Monday night did as well. Oh okay. So oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. So I was there, and then I got hired around the time of you know around that time. I spent four weeks in Atlanta, and then my jumping back into Nashville society was like, hey, it's CBC week, here. <laughs> and they're like, well, cool, we've got 15 people coming, but we have all these events like. Everything. You get to run all the events. I'm like, great. That's what I kind of figured was going to happen. So, Thanks for setting them up for me, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so we did a bunch of events with Fat Bottom. We did um, an event over at Tennessee Brew Works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the CBC, it was it was crazy. We had about 14, 15 people in from our brewery. Um, and that was after I had just spent four weeks in Atlanta. So I hadn't seen home in a long time. Yeah, I remember you kind of almost like disappeared off the face of the earth for a little yeah. bit. I was like, damn, I haven't seen me in a minute. <laughs> so when I got back in, you know, they were, we had all these events, every, you know, all the brewers were like fun. They're like, oh, let's go out and everything. And they're like, Nathan, you want to go to this thing? I'm like, dude, like it's seven o'clock. I'm going home. If you have any questions, call me. If yeah. you need any recommendations, just text me. <laughs> but I am not doing anything. I haven't seen my bed in four weeks. Yeah. Like, I'm good, dude. I, I'm here all the time. Yep. Well, um, that whole week was just a it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it a, was crazy just week. a lot of drinking, a lot of Jameson. My, oh, yeah. my sales manager loves to shoot Jameson, so we were doing a good amount of that. Because well, I mean, we had what the stuff over at Black Abbey, and they were doing the Jameson stuff over at yeah. Black Abbey and, and everything like that. ML and... Rose is running those uh, at all three locations: five dollar Jamo shots of cold brew IPA as well as regular Castmate. Yeah, I mean, that so. was, they, they did some crazy stuff. And <laughs> it was the... dangerous that week, and. It was great to see so many people. It's like a really good story from that was, you know, I, I got to go in there. You know, of course, we had a lot of the personnel. So 
a lot of the brewers and stuff, they were, you know, spending the day inside and they were using, you know, the lanterns and everything. But yeah. I got to come in during like the outside session where they had all the beer set up. Yeah. And, you know, being in the, it was my about third year into, you know, being a sales rep. Um, but I looked, you know, I was just standing there and Sam Callagown from Dogfish had just walked up and was standing right next to me. And I was like, <laughs> you know, after being in for a while, you see everybody. And I was like, you know, my 10 year, you know, seven years ago, I would have pissed myself right now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's Sam. It's cool. It's, it's like everybody kind of knows who he was at a certain point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's like living in Nashville. We live here all the time and you run into celebrities, but you don't make a big deal out of it. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. If you're from Nashville or live in Nashville, yeah. you know the kind of unspoken rule. I mean, that's what everybody would always say about like John Prine and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, RIP to him. But yeah. it was like, if people would see John Prine all over town and nobody would ever really say anything unless you... Maybe we're very conscientious or good about it. Hey, big fan. That's big, about that's it. That's about it. And he's like, thank you. Because no. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I was in an account the other day, and um, the member, uh, the drummer, I won't say which account, but the drummer of the Black Keys came in and kind of like so they hung out with the uh, the owner for a second that I was talking to, and came back to sit down. And I was like, oh, that was the dude from Black Keys. He's like, yeah, he comes in here all the time. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I told my dad later, and he was like, oh, that's amazing. Did you get it? Did you ask him for an autograph? I was like, no. no. It's, it's, I didn't even look at him. I saw that things. he was there, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's it's, there. Maybe yeah. I'll see him again. Maybe one day I'll get the balls to say hi to him to his face or something like that. I was like, you know, you see people all the time. I've ran into Randy Travis. Like, you know, you run into, I've, I've seen Jack White like four times. Yeah. You just see everybody in Nashville. People are just walking around. And you know, and that's why they like it here too. At yeah, the same time, it's, it's kind of like an York. LA kind of thing. Like you know, when you, you just you just expect people to be around. And when you see them, it's like, oh, crazy! They actually look shorter in person. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> the big takeaway from celebrities is that all of them are very small. Yeah, they're, exactly. all, they're all very, they're all very, very, very tiny. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about this pineapple grapefruit? Oh, the pineapple grapefruit was great. I mean, like I said, I, I like I like the lineup. I mean, I think it's. The flavor profiles on these are pretty fun. I mean, pineapple grapefruit. I think the blue raspberry is probably my favorite. One, because I just like the way it tastes. Yeah. Sorry. Blueberry raspberry. You had it. before I want to make sure it's correct. <laughs> but also the fact that it just looks like a soda, like a crazy red soda water or something like that. It know? looks but, a lot like, um, I'll, I'll throw a plug at Matt. Uh, it looks a lot like uh, Maypop, you know. Oh, yeah. This one really does, you know, the seltzer, which is, you know, he's using grapefruit and real fruit. Yeah, I mean, that, that specifically looks it like It looks like, just like, like, like the Maypop. Maypop. Uh, yeah, I went to Craft Brew last Thursday, mm-hmm. you know, or Tuesday, and they had two for Tuesdays, and instead of buying a beer, I just crushed down two seltzers. I know, it was like easy to drink, too. It was so good. And, you know, that's the crazy thing. Like, you know, non-alk seltzers on tap, like, you know, sometimes us as reps, we like to take a little break. And if I can go to, like, one of my yeah. favorite bars and hang out with my, like, reps and things, you know, fellow reps, and just crush some seltzer, yeah. I'm going to go for and it. And drink for pretty cheap, too. It's yeah. like two or three bucks a pop for, like, it's, it's just like a glass of it or something. It's like yeah. we're used to spending five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. And then throwing a three or four dollar tip on one beer. Exactly. You know, so Easy at every place we go. It's like almost better this. It's like I'll order a shot of tequila, get a May pop, and then, I mean, that's the next evolution, I think, for what... <laughs> That's that's a shout shout to Matt Herrick, who yeah. uh, formerly uh, uh, from a, from another distributor here locally, who Great guy. Struck, struck out on his own with uh, with his wife Clara to uh, create a I guess create Nashville's first non alcoholic draft company seltzer with you real know. fruit, and right. it's absolutely delicious. It is. Recommend everybody drinking it when you see it on draft. It's it's popping up more and more. They just had their first celebration last week, so congrats to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're ever visiting Nashville, if you're in if you're in Nashville now, or you're visiting Nashville, and you go to some beer bar like 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 a place like that, see if Maypop is 
on on draft. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's good for kids too. I mean, it's not alcoholic. Mm-hmm. It brings it brings the family together. Yeah. So. Uh, but the, one of the other fun things about Narwater is like we um, we really spend a lot of time developing these recipes. Uh, with the, just like the fruit blend. So, you know, you got pineapple grapefruit, blueberry raspberry, key lime cherry, which was in a new edition, and then mango guava. But what's cool is that, like, you know, I get asked all the time, they're like, which one's your favorite? I'm like, I really don't have one. I'll have one that I prefer, but yeah. I can drink all of them. Yeah. When you, sometimes when it comes to, like, the mixed 12 packs of some of those other brands, I, I know for me at least, I get to one of those flavors, I'm like... <laughs> That shit's nasty, and I'm just going to leave those in the fridge for guests. Yeah, that's for the guests. And that's for the guests. And they might love it. And they might love it, but, like, <laughs> these, I it's I know it's my brand and I'm biased, but I can literally sit down and, like, drink any any of these. So it's been fun, you know. It's it's interesting trying to sell a mixed 12-pack of a non-corporate brand of seltzer mm-hmm. into places because they're like, well, you know, what if one doesn't sell? You know, well, I don't yeah. want to be stuck with it. I'll, and I always tell them, like, look, just call me and I'll come drink them. I'll, 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 you know, I'll come that, drink That flavor I actually like better than the other one. So, exactly. Huh, joke's on your on you, friend. You're gonna make, <laughs> now you're going to make more money off of me at yeah. this point. So, uh, so Narwater is rocking. Um, brewery seems to be rocking. I mean, everybody's doing their best right now because, I mean, we haven't even got really broached on the subject of kind of what, what the podcast kind of deals with a little bit with just how business is doing um, in this weird time. The the ever-evolving uh, COVID pe- pe- pandemic or whatever you want to, might want to call it. And, I mean, for you, I mean, you guys were, I mean, everybody seemed to be, up until about, what, March of this year, everybody seemed to be kind of rocking and rolling, do, doing some good stuff. And then, yeah. you know, kind of hit a, us, I mean, I brought this up again on previous episodes, us specifically with, huge tornado that knocked out a lot mm-hmm. of business for us uh here at least in, in locally and then of course dealing with now people wanting to reopen right after that it's like we're not opening because now we're dealing with you know uh people people dying from a i don't know a virus that we don't really understand still i guess at this point right yeah um i guess we're, i guess we can just kind of glaze over things but i mean obviously business seemed to be doing going quite well before yeah. but what's been kind of like the what what what's been the I guess the uh, look back? I mean, we're still not even out of it, but I mean, what's no. when let's kind of go from when things really started to kind of shit hit the fan in the beginning, shit's continuing to hit the fan, but kind of like what's been going on the past I guess three months uh, with you, uh, with the co- with the company specifically. Yeah, so um, you know, our owners are very business forward, smart guys. Um, they saw what was happening and realized that you know they needed to make some moves that were of course tough mm-hmm. um but also for the best of the business which is you know <laughs> as, as anything business is business mm-hmm. um so you know they you know around march 15th 16th you know they they contacted me and you know were like look you know we we need to go ahead and you know furlough and you know some people for right now to figure out what's going on, we want to get ahead of it and not be trying to play catch up later on, which is super respectable. Mm-hmm. And they did like the best thing they could. They're very smart guys. Um, so it was just one of those things. Like the week before the tornado hit, and then that happened. I actually had my second year review, and everything was great. You know, you know, I was offered. You know, I, I got some bonuses with you know business. Everything was great. We were on track to have a killer record year. Um, and then, you know, the world stopped. <laughs> to say um, the least, yeah. 
And it's nothing anything can anybody can do, but you know, one of the great things about our company is that you know we're very invested in our community. So when it did happen, um, you know, they told me, they called me, they're like, look, uh, you know, we are furloughed. You, you know, I have a company car. Like, use the car. You know, you still have health insurance. Just kind of hold out. You know, this is just what we need to do for right now. We don't know when it's going to end. Yeah. You know, we have no time frame. Um, so you know, that was you know, it was it was tough to hear. It's always tough to get a call. Because, you know, I've been working nonstop since I've, you know, even during college. Like, yeah. I've never had a three-month break before. I about went fucking crazy. Um, but, you know, they called and like, oh, look, this is what we're doing. Uh, but what was really cool about our company is that they took the, the, the approach of, you know, doing, which most other breweries did, doing to-go beer sales. Yeah. You know, bringing people in. Um, and they, you know, we gave 25%. They took 25% of to-go beer sales. And then took 100% of tips and gave them to the furloughed employees, which wow. was super okay. helpful. Absolutely. So it was enough that, like, you know, I got to chill out and, you know, I, and I was taken care of. They took care of us. Yeah. Um, and then during this whole pandemic, we would do weeks where we would give away free two free six packs of I'm on a boat. And yeah. we would pick the healthcare, first responders, teachers every week. We did this for about two months. And if yeah. you wanted to come by, you just, told you who we were we'd give you two six packs to go um so they really took the approach of being proactive and it's like a lot of breweries have seen right now southern grist bearded iris specifically in nashville and east nashville beer works is that people were really responsive to it and mm-hmm. they were coming in and buying a shit ton of beer yeah uh so it kept everyone afloat and they did this so all these companies did it so you know Pre preemptive that yeah. it created a way for cash flow to come in to take care of us and they ended up you know Monday night as us as a company were doing so well that we were able to bring back some of our employees like uh, some of my fellow sales reps yeah of course I live in Atlanta I live in Nashville I'm the only employee that doesn't live in Georgia per- exactly everybody else so I was kind of <laughs> like just like all right well you know you're we don't we're not forgetting about you but we'll you know, we'll let you know because yeah. you know my sales rep, the other sales reps in Atlanta, they went and worked in the the tap room doing to go beer. So like you didn't really have that. Ability. I didn't have the option. I mean, <laughs> I didn't have to drive four and a, you know four hours every you know day to Atlanta if I wanted yeah. to do that. So, but it was enough to for them to bring back people, and then you know slowly we're restarting to open. Um, we're allowing some people inside. We're doing you know very much social distancing. Um, all of our employees are wearing masks and things like that. So we're, they, they're taking a slow approach to reopening. But uh, we were doing hot putt releases throughout the whole thing, which is our new, like, big, um, you know, feature at Midtown, mm-hmm. which thankfully last, you know, the other day I finally got to try some because I haven't been able to be at the brewery in a long time. So, yeah. And they were very delicious, um, but it kept us afloat. You know, putting out these new beers and putting out these new things um, and doing, you know, staying on track with putting out our barrel age releases like we normally would do. But the response of the Atlanta community, um, we were selling out of everything. Um, we were, we also did this fun thing where, um, not to shout out anybody or blow anybody. Um, hey, what about shout outs here? We would do the thing, not shout outs, but call outs. Call, we, would, call uh, do, out. we were doing a discount that if you brought like an empty... A competing seltzer 12 pack that was empty we would take eight dollars off your your 12 pack of narwhal interesting so it was like a bounty or something yeah like so it's like seltzer cool. bounty out there and you <laughs> see that you like seltzers come here we'll give it to you half off and try and get you hooked you know 
I mean, that's, I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty ingenious. I mean, I, I've never and it brought people in. And, yeah. And, and during the thing too, um, you know, Narwater comes and makes twelve packs. But you know, if you called in or like, hey, I just want a whole entire case of key lime. Yeah. We're like, we'll put it gotcha. together for you. Yeah, we, we got we'll, you. We'll, we'll grab it. We'll we'll make twenty four appear in appear yeah. in case for you or something like that. It is interesting the uh, the taproom model and uh, I've been able to talk to a few other people for this podcast talking about their their taproom model and how that kind of worked during the and it's impressive to know people who have great taproom business are the ones who of course i mean everybody's to a certain degree still down you know business is down it's just the, the, the business at this point doesn't really matter but t- taproom experience taproom flexibility being able to sell things directly to the public. I mean, even here in, in Tennessee, you know, from tank to consumer, from tank to consumer. I mean, it doesn't get any fresher than that, and it also helps build that community. And it's also funny how all these tap rooms who never did to go or something like that, or maybe never thought about it, you know, selling beer directly to consumers. Because even a lot of bars, you know, here in here in uh, Tennessee, Davidson County specifically, when they kind of relaxed the to go beer rules, and yeah. people, people were literally walking out of bars that have a lot of beer with just pints to go and everything yep and that's that's something i would never have thought i would have seen in it's very in new tennessee orleans. it's still very new orleans austin kind of like it's very wild wild west a little bit so lawless it very lot yeah people are like oh i'm drinking a bear on a street man don't even bother me anymore so hey it's kind of you know because down in new orleans i mean technically a closed container it's just if you have the straw yeah on the top of yeah. it it's, it's a it's a seal obviously a seal. and if you have your mouth on the straw that's the ultimate seal so there's yeah. nothing there's nothing open about that hey getting all. to go frozen marks from a couple of places in town were oh yeah very I mean, nice that was kind of like damn this is a game changer right here yeah it's like here you go all they all you had to do was like buy a bag of chips that's the thing yeah. Rose, <laughs> you know rose pepper was doing four marks and queso dip to go for 40 bucks i'm like Cool. Sounds like I'm gonna have a good afternoon. And yeah. I'm just gonna consume that all to myself. You know, for forty bucks. For forty bucks, I'll hey. take it. Meet, meet the one person. Say, like, hey, do you guys want to split uh, four margaritas and a queso? Because no. you know, um, I don't really want to, but <laughs> I will if I if I have to. Yeah. I would drive all the way. I would drive twenty minutes. Like there were some days I got so bored. I was like, you know what? That sounds nice. <laughs> I would pick it up and I would go home and I would just sit on the couch and uh, do the deed. It's 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 worth the it's definitely worth the squeeze on that one. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and that's you know, it's been interesting to see how that has really affected businesses. Um, yeah. Sorry, for, we're munching on some chips. So Sorry, I need a um, palate cleanser. Yeah, yeah, we're we're drinking, we're on beer 3 right now. So, you know, uh, suck those nar waters down really quick and now we're just kind of moving on moving on down the line. Nate Nate brought some fun stuff today that we're just kind of enjoying and we'll finish it off with something we haven't had before on the show yet either so we'll get to that but when the time comes so you know business before was looking good business now you know it's still slightly cloudy we don't really know what's going yeah. on but and so like, a little bit more on that uh, yeah. you know right um there's a lot of other you know i was talking uh with ben from uh the packaging manager from uh, bearded iris yesterday you know and the pandemic, you know, in the midst of this, they were in, you know, the process of opening up another brew pub. Yeah, I mean, yeah as well as a lot of other breweries were looking to open up. And we were in the same boat. You know, we were getting, we were on track to open up our Birmingham tap room um, in, and I, I believe May. And that all got pushed back because, you know, of course, contractors aren't working just because yeah. of all of this stuff. Um, and it would have been our third tap room, which is going to have a 15 barrel. I, th- I believe a 15 barrel system, 
a food option, small food cocktails yeah. right down there. Um, but yeah, it was it was really interesting to see how that uh, kind of you know halted everything because I mean it's not only is it tough to only open a business and start a new project, mm-hmm. but in the middle of something like this happening, you know it you know even with um, what was it um, not dancing gnome but crazy gnome crazy gnome on the crazy side. gnome they yeah. you know well, they they're, they're building ready. got destroyed they're building got destroyed at, you know the weekend after they did their first batch of beer. <laughs> that was in the tanks for the first time, and that's such a total blow. Yeah. Same with S- Smith and Lentz. They, mm-hmm. you know, they, their backside got hit pretty hard too. Yeah. So it was funny looking at that brewery on the east side and seeing the front. The front facade looked fine. Yeah. The tanks in the front through the window looked great, and then it's like, oh, they didn't take any damage, and then you're like, oh, you drive to the back. You drive to the back. It's like, well, that that's destroyed right there. Yep. And I mean, yeah, it's. <laughs> it's it's not really easy unless you're doing open fermentation, but it's not really easy to keep a. Keep a cellar room clean if you know you got no. the, the backside of your building. Exactly, building it's, it's a little bit You can't even you can't put enough screen doors. Yeah, because sanitation there, is know. a little part of brewing. Just a, just a, a slight, small part. You know, just keeping things, just wipe things down every every once in a while. You 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 definitely know uh, if you're if you're a brewer. I mean, of course you're like going like, come on, Matt. You know that I'm like, <laughs> I do know that. I mean, I understand. It's like you're as a brewer working at a brewery, you're probably cleaning 90, 90% of the time and brewing 10% of the time. Most most, uh, most of your work is revolved around cleaning and maintenance and everything else. <laughs> it's the most tedious part of the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a that was a fun part uh, when I joined the brewery with Monday night. You know, what was cool about it, they had me work in every single section of the brewery. So there was a day that I worked the tap room. There was a day that I went out in the sales. There's a day that I did marketing, a little bit of that. Then they're like, cool, you're going to brew one day. I'm like, cool, why don't I need to be there? They're like, 3.30 a.m. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, okay. So this is what we're going to do. Yeah, now I understand, right? <laughs> they're like, yeah, uh, we're going to have you work at 3.30, uh, the morning shift. I was like, cool, great. And I got there. I was so tired. And literally, uh, you know, all the brewers there are very chill and very yeah. relaxed. I was like, what do you need me to do? They're like, dude, like, just push this button yeah pu- push that a few times when we push need that to. button and let's just you know and then we like cleaned that's basically what we did we was clean yeah clean the floors we kept maintenance you know pulled out grain um you know just did did preemptive things before you know for other people before they got there yeah um yeah it was great i was super hungover because <laughs> i had just stopped drinking like three hours before What's good? They just made you like push a button and everything like that. It's like that yeah. button, right? That's the one button. Oh, oh yeah. And then they had me on packaging one day, so I, oh, I did God. about you know seven or nine pallets of beer. And the way they being hung over trying to stack pallets of beer, it's a way that you're supposed. Because I don't know if like a lot of people you yeah. know that there are certain ways to stack a pallet of beer, Not and really. you have to go by a certain guideline. So being hung over and never doing it before. It's not. It's not fun. Yeah, I'm already nervous about doing this for the first time, but I also don't have my motor skills. Up, yeah, up I'm to just up on that. My my brain's like gravy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not not there with it, and you know, and I was getting yelled at. It was awful, but it was great. <laughs> but at least, that's, that's why that's, I'm that's, in sales. That's, that's exactly. That's why you're out in the field. It's like they were like, I don't know what this guy. He needs. He needs. He can stay hung over in bars. We don't need him <laughs> hung over behind the scenes when we're. Uh, uh, trying trying to stack pallets and uh, run the canning line. That's what a greasy burger and a shot of Fernet's for. Uh huh. Absolutely. <laughs> we all we all know how that works. Being in the biz. Uh, well, where do we go from here? I mean, I guess that's that's the big question. It's um, 
where do we see business going in a certain degree? Because, I mean, we're not by any means out of any sort of woods. We're still dick deep in the woods right now. Yeah. And it seems to be getting, I don't want to say it's getting worse, but it's 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 getting better in some respects. But, I mean, every single day you hear yeah. this and this and this and this and this and this happening. And it's almost in a certain way waiting for another shoe to drop. Unfortunately, and we're—I know we're—we're—we're all—we're all, we're all in the struggle together. We're all—we're all fighting out in the field to make sure everything's positioned right. But I mean, where do you see? Like, have you heard anything about where your business model might be going going forward, or is it just like stay the course, just try try to try to keep the positive positive vibes going a little bit, you know? Yeah, for right now, I mean. I've, you know, I was definitely, you know, I was out of the loop for about three months. You know, I, I got some information, but as I've seen so far, I mean, our basic guideline, I think, just with a lot of breweries right now is that packages, packages what moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's very much, you know, we're not keeping, you know, we're starting to package more and, you know, start kegging a lot more, but package has been the pusher. So, I mean, I think people are really relying on that right now, breweries. Especially breweries that have distribution, which, you know, mm-hmm. also says a lot about breweries that just don't. Yeah. Which is super hard because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you pay more money on sending beer out into the market than you do just having people consume it on premise. Yeah. Um, so it's we've really had a really good push with Narwater and, you know, chain placement is key. You know, that really helps a lot. Um, and, and just, you know, in, in general, or brand, you know, People love our brand a lot. It's hard for a lot of breweries. I'm not saying, you know, we're the best brewery in the world or anything like that, but, you know, having a recognition with Dr. Robot and, and, you know, Blood Orange, especially in Kroger's and things like that, has really relayed to, you know, more sales going, and especially in Georgia. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to distribution in Tennessee, you know, we've only been here for two years. They've been, you know based in Georgia for eight. Yeah. So, you know, down there, they've got like nine SKUs in every single Kroger, Publix, yeah. everything, you know, mixed case packs and everything like that. So... we well, got to win the home field at the end of the day. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And they've worked on it for many years and yeah. they crush it down there. So it's more of me trying to figure out what's going on in this market. But as a brewery, we're just... We're continuing on doing our hop-up releases, mm-hmm. making sure that we still, you know, all... You know, we've got hundreds of barrels... We're still on track doing everything. We're producing, you know, but definitely we are, you know, when we would normally have a lot of kegs of, you know, some of our black tie beer because we do different series, mm-hmm. especially with space lettuce. Yeah. You know, we're putting a lot of that in the package right now because, you know, it's, you have to be nimble enough nimble enough to really, you know, feel the response of whether people are going out and drinking or if they're still staying home. And that's just that's the the hard part right now is gauging people and consumers that you don't know and what their feelings are and how they're going to approach a phase reopening mm-hmm. that doesn't really rely on you it's like you could be sitting in a, a different way and they could be thinking a completely opposite way yeah so the way that they spend their money and the way that they're spending their free time either going out to a bar or choosing to go to a liquor store or a package store and take beer home is that, you know, they're following the trend. And, of course, we have VIP. I'll, yeah. I'll give a shout-out to VIP. It's an amazing <laughs> sh- software. Shout-out to sales software. <laughs> shout-out to sales software. It, it really helps you to 
broadcast what you're doing as a business and what you can expect based on trends and things like that. And and that's the tough part. You know, thankfully, as us as a brewery, you know, it's really easy for us to keep kind of things on lock right now because we're only in three states. Yeah. We're in, and unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, however you want to put it, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee are three states that have very, been very quick to reopen. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, keeping control on that. But, you know, when it gets to, you know, large breweries like Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. you have to deal with states reopening at their own time and how they're affecting on-premise. You know, when you have a brand like Oscar Blues that's in all 50 states, it's yeah. like, how do you gauge what you're kegging and what you're putting in the package based on which state is doing what? Yep. So, I mean, because as we've seen so far, states are opening and they're closing. Florida and Texas just Florida closed and Texas, down bars. Right? And they decided that's so like, all these oh, well, companies hmm. that were expecting them to start blowing up and running through on-premise package, they kegged all this beer and now they're just closed. Yeah, with the so anticipation. So you have nothing to do with it. Yeah. So it's how do you how do you really gauge that? And that's, I think that's the toughest part of this this whole thing as a brewery side is deciding how you're going to put your beer into which format that's going to make it easier for your consumer to enjoy your product, but also stay safe, but also gauge how each person is reacting to the pandemic in their own way. I mean, yeah, it all kind of depends on... It's it's a crapshoot. It's like it you just have to kind of do what's best for you yeah. and hope that you can grow and make tweaks as the, uh, the climate and the economy changes and kind of differs a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, I mean, to your point, you know, being nimble, I mean, the, the fact that you guys are only in three states, of course, is very helpful, you know, because, yeah. and also having chain placements and being able to still package, you know, still package beer as opposed to kegging it, because you know it's always going to go into off-premise, going to sell, 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 sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, with bars closing, I mean, I'm hoping here in Tennessee, we, I don't know, though, I mean, we just had the uh, mandate come down on, on Friday that everybody has to wear masks in public good here in davidson county great you know so it's, we love that and me and matt love that yeah i'm i'm, I'm I mean, all for it that might that might uh, grind somebody somebody other other people's gears because for whatever reason but i mean it's it's a small price i think it was, it's not even a small price to it's, pay there's nothing there's no price to pay to no. wearing a covering that will mitigate something and that's the thing right now that a lot of people are like you know you know especially just speaking on the bar side of it it's like mm-hmm. People are like, oh, I don't want to do it because I don't like it. It's like, well, you want to go out and enjoy your bars that you enjoy. But if you don't follow those rules, you can't go out and enjoy those They're bars. They're going to close your bar. They're going to close your favorite yeah, bar. exactly. So it's like, do you want to give them money and support by doing what you need to do for them to stay open? This is no sort of political stance. It's just no. like, you're looking at these bars that are doing everything they can to stay open. And if you love them that much and that's what they're requiring you to do when you come in there. Yep. If you want to give them your money, make sure they can stay open. Yeah, I mean it, it's. I mean, you see the people. Your bartenders are wearing masks as well. I mean, I'm sure they don't want to do that. They don't no. want to wear gloves. They don't wear masks. But oh, I'm so hot every day. I hate wearing the mask. Yeah, but exactly. I do it because I need to do it. Yeah, you're breathing yeah. in your own air. I, I don't enjoy doing it as well. And I'm getting to the point too that if I forget my mask, I feel really bad about it. I do and, too. and I feel guilty. I'm like shit. You know? That's why I keep two in my car. You know. So it's just it's being. I, it's just being respectable, respectful, and reading the room. And you know, guess what? They've they've taken away the idea of reading the room. You have to wear it all the time now. 
and at least here in Davidson County in, in, in Tennessee. I mean, other and counties have kind of done it, but... People don't like being told what to do. No, they don't. Not at all. No, no. Especially, in, especially down here. Yeah, but then they don't like being told what to do, but they'll stop at traffic lights, stop at stop signs. Uh, they won't stop at roundabouts. Yeah, they, you know, the roundabout out here—they they are not very good. They do well. The problem with roundabouts around here, people don't understand the idea of a rotary or a roundabout. So if they see you there, they'll stop, even though they have the right of way. I mean, I feel like I'm right back in Florida, where they don't know how to drive either. They just are equally bad here and yeah. in, in, in Nashville as well. And but I don't know. It's 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 an interesting. I mean, every single time we do the, I do the show, we're always saying. It's an interesting time for this. It's an unprecedented time for this. This is the new normal. This is the new this. Um, and things kind of continue to grow and different things are being done. And you know, we're, we're, all, we're all on the same ride here. We, we have no fucking idea what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. And, you know, I, I, I would like to hope that, you know, Florida and Texas and all these other places aren't har- Arizona. They're not harbingers for what what is to come at a certain point you know yeah get get down get down on some of that because mm. yeah i want to make sure you got some of that before we uh before we wrapped a wrapped a few things up on this you were and you alluded to that early new glaris new glaris so, yes yeah, save a little bit for me man come on what i need oh, some more shit. i keep, keep pouring Son of i'm a so bitch. sorry this guy is the worst i keep thinking that you're pouring a like just pouring a half glass my bad I think I did. I'm not sure, though. I, I think you did, actually. Yeah. I might have, but, you know, I was being... I'm sorry. I was kind of being a dick about it, but it's fine. It's cool. I'm just talking and chatting. I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. Yeah, Nate is just chatting. Yeah. Nate, Nate, Nate has been very uh, loquacious, which, which I appreciate, because the whole idea of the show is for me to talk less and listen more. Yeah. Of course, that's what we all need to do, you know, just with everything kind of going on in the world, depending on whether it's a, a global pandemic or systematic injustice against uh, minorities or anything else. I mean, now we're getting a little political, but at the same time, this is also beyond the pale ale. It's our industry. I mean, it affects all of us. And, you know, we don't have to go on like that tangent anymore, but I mean, it's it's very much a relevant part of what's going on. And, you know, speaking to just being, you know, selfish about this beer, I absolutely love this beer. So it might've been a little dig. That's fine. I mean, Um, that's why I brought it out. I mean, you saw it and it was like, I'll bring that up. Yeah. So my, like I said, my dad grew up in Wisconsin and I always grew up drinking new glares and it's crazy up there. Um, You can stop in gas stations and not only can you buy a 16 or 14% for a loco, but they have bombers of serendipity and raspberry tart and, you know, and it's, it's, these it's, fruit beers yeah. sitting on these wine racks in these gas stations yeah. for like $9. I'm like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. You telling me that I could just go and grab a strawberry rhubarb? Yeah. Like seven fifty and just chug it in the car? And that's what I did. I went up to a Packers game and I bought one. And uh, <laughs> we drove down to Chicago to meet some people for, and I was just sitting in the back. I mean, of course, I'd been at a Packers game all day yeah, of in course. like November, and I was already like seven sheets to the wind. And I felt <laughs> like it was a very just respectable thing to do at that point. But yeah, I mean, big shout out to Glarus. Right Glarus has always had fantastic fruit beers. And even with them, I mean, they're having some, from what I've been told and what I've gotten kind of about good information, I mean, they're they're not going to be pretty much bottle, bottling or brewing any more fruit beers until the beginning of next year. I so, did not know that at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just because there's a shortage, or it's just. I think it's. It's. it's I don't think it's a short. I think there's some issues. I mean, I don't want to speak on this because I don't. I. I can't. 
say for certain, but the person I got this beer from, they, they said they've been having not even production issues, but they're scaling back so much. I mean, I mean, I can't imagine how expensive it is to make these beers as well, too. Yeah, I mean, you it's that, that's true. I mean, you see that a lot. I mean, even us as a company, we're focusing more on our uh, core beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure they're doing the same thing with, uh, you know, Moon Man or Spotted uh, Fly- Cow, Spotted Cow, yeah. the Flying Squirrel. Mm-hmm. I think, or I think that's what it's called. It might be. And those, you know, those core beers that they're selling because, you know, at the end of the day, they've got those, they've got those chain placements. Yep. And that's what, you know, what's selling. You know, these beers are extra, and they're, you know, they use fruit grown there. And yeah. It, not cheap to make nope and it's also very time consuming mm-hmm. I mean, and to do it right as well too because i mean yeah. you always hear you know fruit beers getting over carved sugar explosion things like this i mean everybody says and it's this has got <laughs> finesse this is they, they flex this is like big time flex moves and they've been doing this for a long time too this isn't some sort of like no oh, we just started doing this and doing that it's like no long time they've been doing it forever and guess what they've only been doing it for one state that's the thing that always intrigues me about about these guys, how they can have so much distribution in one state and just say, we don't really care about any other place. No, there's no fine. there's no reason for them to go anywhere else. It's a bucket list place to visit. Cause I know that I've heard it's very much like a farm, kind of like Jester King. Mm-hmm. It's very much out in the air and like open and things yeah. like that. But I mean, Jester King is awesome. I, mean, I can attest for Jester King. That that was that's probably one of the most beautiful breweries I've ever ever been to. And it's on the list. I haven't been to Austin. It's it's an awesome, awesome, awesome place. It's it's unlike any other brewery I've ever been to. No no offense to any other brewery that's out there, but the Jester King it's almost like just an outdoor farm com- compound that I don't know. That that's there it's it's a it's a beautiful spot. I mean you spend the whole day out there, just walk the grounds, eat the food that's always delicious and of course just world renowned friggin farmhouse sales yeah you can't you can't same thing about um hill farmstead Mm -hmm. heard the same thing um but um yeah it's always i mean it's always fun to like travel and see new breweries you know i mean that's what i've been doing forever i mean you travel i mean you can usually tell a city or something if they're worth their kind of weight if they have some good breweries around town i mean yeah a lot of it is it's they're they're huge economic boons for people, mm-hmm. especially I would say in the past what fifteen twenty years when craft beer kind of came into its own yeah. and it's people would go specifically to cities to check that out. Right, you know that's how I kind of plan my trips most of the time. So and that's I'm the same way, but except I just do fish tour. <laughs> that's a whole. I'm gonna go ahead and bring that. I'm in about to right say there. that's a, that's a, that's a whole, whole different conversation, conversation but that, man. Uh, but yeah, that's the fun thing. You know, they play a lot, so you know I usually see. You know, between seven, fifteen shows a summer. So, last year we went up to we went to July fourth at Fenway Park up in Boston. My my aunt and uncle live in Foxborough, so we rented a car and drove the treehouse. Mm, yes, um, and went there on July fourth day and picked up everything, uh, just everything a, you could, just two cases. But it would blow your mind. Not yep. only does Treehouse have a great way of lining up, it's people, probably the most organized because you've been there yeah, i've yes. been there yeah we, yeah we went there last august they yeah. pull you into the parking lot they have you sit and then they have people go as where you've parked mm-hmm. you walk in but you're you're sitting there like oh i'm about to spend like a hundred dollars on a case of beer and then yeah. you see dudes 
that are using the free dollies to roll out yeah, nine cases rolling out of beer. cases of beer. Because <laughs> I mean, the thing with that, because you can only get the beer there. They, they, you can do only, not, they do not go out. I mean, they were like, if you want the beer here, this is where you're coming. The only time they do it is uh, they actually, uh, for those fish shows, they had a certain kiosk at Fenway oh. where they sent a, ca- sent a pallet of uh, Julius. <laughs> there you go. See? Uh, so I was over there buying Julius and then... Um, it's funny those those dudes are huge fish fans, and I've um I'm, I'm you know I've never met him before, but we talk on Instagram a lot. But yeah. I, I became friends with one of the packaging seller men, and we just send fish memes back together, <laughs> you know, back and forth and things like that, and just kind of talk about it. Uh, but yeah, it's, they're they're great beer, fantastic people, and then yeah, and that's that's what's fun about it. Like you know, I get to travel and go see these shows, but then of course we're like, you know, cool like. Uh, what brewery? What, 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 yeah, what brewery do I need to go to yeah. when I'm at this show and everything? So we went to Trulium while we were up there. We went to Lamplighter and did some stuff like that, but it makes it easy. Um, yeah, I, I used to do that a lot. I had some girlfriends that were like, "Can we like go do something that's not revolved around beer?" And of course, when we're <laughs> traveling, I'm like, what do, you, "What do you mean? Like, what it's do like, you want to do?" This is something that brings us all together. I'm like, "You, let's go drink beer." Yeah, it's great. <laughs> like, what else do you want to do? It's like, I'm trying to be fair here. It's I like, did have one that was like, hey, we're going to Seattle. She's like, I was like, cool, yeah, we're going to hit some brews. She's like, can we go to the original Starbucks? I'm like, you want to go to the original Starbucks in Seattle when they're known for coffee and there's about a you thousand go, you go other literally places. any other, like, roaster. I was in, like, I'm not the, doing that. Yeah, we're it's not like, doing that. Take, I mean, we can go buy, because over near what Pike's Market and stuff like that. So yeah. It's like I'm right like, over there. And it's it's like, going to taste the same as every other Starbucks yeah, in the country. It just happens to be the original one, which is... <laughs> Cool. I mean, the coffee is still shitty. Oh, <laughs> it's it's shade. Damn. Hey, I'll throw sh- shade. I think it's that's fun. You know, you know, you gotta throw shade at some. Uh, that's why. We have, that's why Nashville is great. You got a lot of local roasteries. Exactly. You can go anywhere you want in uh, in Nashville. Just love Froggy Monkey. Uh huh. Re- I mean, Revelator. Revelator. I mean, there, there's some there's some great stuff all around. Crema. Town. Yeah, Crema. Dose. You, you know, Dose, dose is great. And we've got also um, who's a, the who's the company out of St. Louis? Oh, Sump. Some, yeah. Yeah, some. I mean, it's like, we got plenty. I mean, there's plenty. If you want burgers or coffee or hot chicken, hot chicken don't come here if you want Chinese food because we don't have it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Not really. No. Not really. I mean, there might be one spot that people say that's the one spot. In- we got some good pho. I mean, there's something Yeah, you got some, yeah, you got some good, great. You got some good, you got some good Vietnamese spots and everything like that. Some good Thai food. But Chinese, it's still... You just don't have it here. This might be controversial, but like, oh no, I really don't like a lot of the barbecue here. There's a few good ones. There's I a mean, couple of spots. Know, it's a couple spots. I mean, it's like we're we're known for it's it's Edley's Martin's, uh, Wits. Want to throw Wits in the, in the mix? Wits, Wits Barbecue, baby. Represent Wits. You know, Shit. man. I've <laughs> I've had Wits a few times. I mean, it, it's man. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I'm sure nobody who's working at Wits is listening to this, so it doesn't really matter. But it's <laughs> rustling like, some feathers. Yeah, right I'm, now. I'm really, I'm really getting under people's skin right now. This is getting, this is getting deep right here. <laughs> well, we're polishing off this serendipity. Uh, do you have a sorry, quick look here? No, you're good, man. Ah, we're fine. So we're polishing this off. But with that being said, just want to thank Nate again for being on, being on the show um, this week. Good conversation. We kind of ran the gamut. Of everything, I just trail. I just start talking. I know that's what, that's what's good. That's what that's. I mean, if you can lead people down a uh, trail of uh, trust and information and everything, they just want to talk. I mean, it's uh, it's good. And, and at the end of the day, it's also good to see people face to face. Considering yep. that a lot. I mean, we're in the business, so we see people all the time. 
But I mean, if you're sitting at home or you've been working from home, or you've been doing this, you're you've been stuck in a house, I'm sure, yeah. for for months on end. You know, it's it's even getting a haircut. I mean, a week and a half ago was probably yeah. the most beneficial thing of the whole entire it was, year. It was probably one of the nicest things. It was like just oh man, I'm just. I mean, I have. I think I have another one, maybe in a week or so. But so one of those things, you know, they were wearing masks. I'm wearing a mask, and it's it's just a weird concept. I never thought I would, we would be in. You know, this is our our um, our, our special. This time. is our life now. This is our, just, you got to yeah. play the game and just kind of roll on with what everybody else is doing. Yeah, it's easier. It's 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 easier just to like you know go with the flow than it is to like you know retaliate. I mean, I could say that about this. It doesn't apply to everything. Yeah. But, I feel like in this situation, just, you know, let's all do the work to get back to where we need, we should be mm-hmm. just by being careful. And then we can all go back to what we're doing. But, you know, it's if it, if it was only that easy to explain yeah, you know, to people, if everything you can't explain to people easy. all day about it. They're like to do this. Like, well, I don't want to do that. Like, well, I, I can't tell you what to do. I, I want you to do that for sake of everybody. But other people just don't want to do it. And it's it gets exasperating. So. But yeah. there are people out there still trying to fight the fight and do the right thing. So we uh, we appreciate those those folks oh, yeah. out there. So that being said, Nate, is there anything else in, in passing or in parting with a Monday night you want to plug, talk about? You know, just what if there's anything else we left out in this whole conversation regarding you and you and the business? Not really, man. It's just you know, we're all just trying to figure out what what's going on, how best to you know take care of our businesses and what we're doing you know um but just stay safe do everything you need to do to like you know let's get this let's move this along but you know we've got we're just gonna kind of roll on with what we're doing you know we've got all of our you know beers kind of set up for the year we're still on track with everything like that so just drink our water there you go if you're in alabama georgia or tennessee just buy it Um, but yeah just you know continue to support your local restaurants with to-go food uh the people that you care about the people that are really hurting uh that need your support um and your local breweries as much as you know like we've talked before a lot of local breweries rely on you know people coming into their tap room to drink beer if they're allowing you to go and get to go pints and crowlers go buy them yeah that's the only way they're making money they're not getting any distribution they're not Mm -hmm. paying especially not paying people to come and use canning services right now because it's very expensive yep so go and support those people. Go support your local breweries. Um, give them your money, your local restaurants. You know, people really need that. And show your city's love um, because they really appreciate it. And as us right now, you know, if we want to enjoy these places later, you gotta do, you gotta show them love now. So that's all I gotta say. Man, pretty. That's that's deep stuff. I mean, it's it's. I mean, hey, at, at the end of the day, that's what I that's what I keep preaching on this show. I always say it in the uh, in kind of the little post I do. It's like support your local, 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 local. Support your local business. Support your local, you know, a black run business. Support your local minority owned business. Support anything that's local that you believe in. And you know, everybody everybody has different situations. We know everybody can't support local, and everybody can't support those businesses. But if you have the opportunity to, it's uh, important to know that those businesses are here now, and if they don't have the business they need or what they can do to survive they may not be there the next time you want to yep. want to visit them so keep making that happen well thank you nate again thank you so much hanging out we're gonna me. we're gonna enjoy this last beer off uh 
off mic and everything. But yeah, uh, I have to take a piss. I have, so do I. It's fine. You know, we've been we've been we've been waxing poetic for 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 a while here. But um, you know, thanks for listening to the show. Um, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, there's a lot of other conversations we've been having as well too, all regarding this, but some other topics as well. Um, if you want to email me, uh, you can either email me at matt at simplisticreviews.net or contact at simplisticreviews.net. Let me know. Love to have you on the show. If you want, hey, if you're a brewer, if you're a local business, if you're a bar staff person, anybody who's working in work, working in the industry right now during these these times, email me. Love to have a talk and get your get your points across on the show as well. So, until next week, this is Matt on Beyond the Pale Whale. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Pale Ale. You can find more features from Simplistic Reviews at simplisticreviews.net. And remember, bottoms up. <laughs>